0: Welcome. You are listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist and a registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm super excited about our guest today. His name is Richard Liebert, he's also another massage therapist, and he's up to some really cool stuff. So what we're going to do today is a telephone interview, so excuse the quality, it is a phone call after all. But Richard has some really cool things to talk about, especially when it comes to massage therapy education and the accreditation process. So I'm in my office in Toronto, and Richard is in a small town somewhere. Richard, why don't you tell the audience about yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Richard Liebert The uh, Small Towns, Petrolia, Ontario. Small Towns, 5,000 people. Um, what I do, I'm an educator at Lampton College. I also work in a multidisciplinary clinic in Petrolia. Years ago, I guess one year ago, I moved back home. I work at the college now, and I work at a clinic in here. Before that, I'd been working at the Fowler Kennedy Clinic. In a multidisciplinary setting, working with uh, surgeons, sports medicine doctors, sports physiotherapists in a truly collaborative setting. And what I realized is uh, the, the opportunity that's available for massage therapists to work in that way.
0: Right on. So, And I also see that you're involved with something or you're the creator of the RMT Education Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so the RMT Education Project is an online educational resource. I've designed it when when possible to be open access so people can access this information. It's free information and it's compiling a lot of uh, research about massage therapy that really wasn't getting out to other therapists, compiling it into one spot where Therapist can come in, kind of digest that research or the evidence and uh, in manageable chunks.
0: Right on. And you're you're also heavily involved in research yourself, right? So recently you've you've been taking on uh, a couple cool projects. Tell us about those.
1: One project that I'm pretty excited for, but uh it's it's in the United States. So what it is, it's at the American Congress of Rehabilitation Medicine that Conference, which is a huge conference in uh, Dallas, and what me and two other uh, po- postdoc researchers, as well as their massage therapists, were presenting a, a, a presentation to rehabilitation medicine physicians about massage therapy and the evidence around it. The project I'm working on currently is a couple papers related to that, and that's the Lambton College and the the research
0: department there. Right on. That's pretty cool, actually. It's not often you'll see, you know, PhD mixed with RMT. That's a rare find. And that's probably a good reason why, you know, a lot of massage therapy research is lacking. I mean, at the end of the day, if we don't have access to, you know, PhD candidates, postdoc work, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere. So you're doing some good stuff there, sir. So what I wanted to talk about a lot was the changes that are happening in massage therapy education. Um, I, like you You know, I was heavily involved in massage therapy education in Toronto. Um, I used to work at one of the private career colleges. I kind of had my hand in, you know, three different campuses um, around the greater Toronto area. So I'm really into the, the, the things that are happening with massage therapy education, especially what's happening in the four regulated provinces, those being British Columbia, Ontario, Newfoundland, and New Brunswick. I know you're involved with the Canadian Massage Therapy Council for Accreditation. Can you give us a little bit of idea as to what the accreditation process is all about, why it's come into play and kind of what your role is in it?
1: So I don't think the average therapist really realizes what's going on with the accreditation process. So essentially, what's going to be the future is any school that is sending candidates to test that regulatory body have to come from a school that is an accredited school. That, that's What's going to happen in the future. And so, what the accreditation process right now is going into schools and seeing do you have all these standards in, in place for top quality education experience for students, our staff, and staff being treated properly as well. What you can do if you want to read it's the website, it's dmtca.ca. And there's uh, what you can pull up on there is accreditation standards for uh, Canadian massage therapy education programs. And it's seven standards that all the programs have to uh, adhere by, and that's what we're evaluating. Do they need all these things? And uh, you think some of it would just be education standards of are they learning this technique, are they learning this, this and that. But also it goes into detail, are there processes in place for human resources, for for students to have that support they they need? Also, uh,
0: do they have access
1: to internet? Do they have access to resources in the education program? So it's really looking at, everything in the
0: massage therapy program. Right. So it's not just about curriculum design and curriculum development. So it's it almost feels like a combination of accreditation for the specific program as well as the facility Yeah, as well. Right. So do they have the resources to deal with um, uh, all the different types of students? And uh, essentially, is the facility ready to deal with this new change in massage therapy education?
1: Every single school that applies will have to have that high standard of care. So across the board, the standard for students is just going to get raised to another level, which is great and it's exciting, and I think that's one thing that's really going to move the profession
0: forward. So from what I remember when I was working in the school system, that the interjurisdictional competency document kind of came about in maybe like 2013 or so. I mean, I'm kind of foggy on the years. I think 2012
1: was the 2012 original. was
0: the original, yeah. and then it was kind of by 2015, the regulated provinces were using that competency document as the basis for the licensing exams. Is that kind of correct?
1: Yes, yeah, so there's been even another revision since 2016 and that schools have to meet all these standards and criteria for the education. And then, so we're looking at that as well as the CMTCA accreditation standards as well. So those are two documents, really accreditation is based off those two documents. And it's, and it's a therapist again, those are heavy documents, but if they take their time to read through it, they'll really be impressed at what, what a school has to, have in place and the standard of education that uh, is going to be required
0: through their uh, educational program. Right on. So then schools have then, I guess, moved away from the hours of a program. So like in Ontario, it it was 2,200 hours. And I assume some schools are probably still doing that, but it also frees up the educational institution to kind of go about it at a different model if they wanted to, right? So it's no longer hours. It's all about competencies, yeah? Yeah, yeah.
1: And if you look at other programs too, there's even medical schools are moving to that model of out based education because when when you're looking at it hours, it, is it this many hours? Well, say 50 hours of content that's not relevant. Is it going to improve your outcomes if you're spending 50 hours on um, something that's not relevant to meeting the standards? So what they're doing is they're making it a outcome based learning. And uh, it's based off other models and what you see a lot is in medical schools as well, where they do that outcome based education.
0: Right on. so. Are schools volunteering at this moment in time to undergo the accreditation process, or does the Canadian Massage Therapy Council for Accreditation kind of have a list of schools that they're doing in some sort of timely manner?
1: So uh, schools volunteer. So what they have to do, it's it's incumbent on the school to go over assess. So this is a big part of why the accreditation program is so good, is that they have their standards, they have their competency documents. Schools have to read through that self-assess, are they meeting all these standards? If they're not meeting them at this time, they, during that self-assessment, it's incumbent on them to meet that standard. So they, they're they going to have to update their program. Once they feel their program's at a level that uh, they're competent to submit it, then they're taking all the documentation, submitting it to the CMTCA. We'll do an evaluation of that. After that is a site visit where you you go on campus and see are they meeting... Are they meeting what they say they are meeting?
0: Right, and you're involved in the site visits, right? So that's what I'm involved in. And uh, actually, to
1: answer your question, our schools volunteering? There's, there's already been one school in BC, this was maybe even a year ago, and they've already went through uh, most of the accreditation process. Humber's another school in Ontario, and they've went through uh, most of the accreditation
0: process. Right on, and this is also open for the unregulated provinces as well, right? Yeah, and what
1: it's open to provinces
0: across Canada. So I think
1: the hope is is that it sets up a framework that these unregulated provinces can design up new educational institutes and when they're setting up their regulatory bodies set up around this. So it's a great framework that's already set up for unregulated, unregulated provinces. And if they move into this program, then they've got a great framework set up. So it's set up for unregulated provinces as well, but I think it will take more time to get established in those provinces.
0: Is there a deadline that the CMTCA is looking at in terms of having the schools in the regulated provinces go through the accreditation process? That's a good
1: question, and I think there is a deadline, but I don't have it at the top of my head. And it's not anything that's going to be this year, next year. It is more down the road, but they may have that on their uh, cmtca.ca Website, there might be uh, information about that, but I, I don't have a number.
0: Yeah, out. I don't know why. I don't know why I've got 2020 f- flinging around my mm-hmm. head, whether I heard that or saw it somewhere. But I was curious if that uh, that that is something that is in place. Right on. It sounds really interesting. All the stuff that you're doing. I know you can't really talk about your site visits. Um, I wouldn't want you to talk about that anyway. But um, can you just give us a little bit of idea? Like, so for example, you're in Ontario. Are you allowed to? Are you permitted to do site visits in Ontario or is there like a bias there that they have you in the other provinces?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. So what what happened is uh, these therapists and surveyors, they come in to do a training program every couple of years and they're from across Canada. And so to remove as many conflicts of interest as they can, surveyors are generally not going to be surveying in their own province. So take an example. I'm Ontario. I'm an Ontario therapist. Likely, I would go to BC or I would go to another regulated uh, province and do the surveying there, just to kind of remove that if there's a bias or a conflict of interest. So people generally won't be surveying
0: in their own province. Right on. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like you're up to some really cool stuff. You also instruct um, continued education courses, right? Uh,
1: that's something I, I really like to do. Um, I was busy this year. We uh, had a baby just down. Uh, all my time kind wrapped up in that. So what I'm I'm looking to do is do another program and and I'm really excited because I want to host it at Lampton College. It's nice to have it finally housed in a in a college and have that facility available. So in the program, I've really based it off certain sports injuries that I used to work with. And now I'm not working as much in the sports setting. So I'm like, well, what what do I do in a normal practice with you know the everyday patient? And so I blend everything so I'll go over some peripheral nerve mobilization stuff I'll blend some cupping techniques I'll, I'll do a lot of instrument assisted soft tissue massage all in a blended treatment I think bringing that all together within in one course is uh, really valuable because when I first graduated I wanted to get all these different certifications and trainings and I remember I had to drive to Chicago to do a uh, uh technique uh a course with david grafton i had to go to toronto to do a course for cupping and just going to mcmaster to do a course for acupuncture and just traveling everywhere to get different course different certifications. so i really wanted to bring it together into one
0: course. right on right on um do you have a date for your next upcoming courses that you can tell everyone about
1: october but i i haven't picked the date but it'll likely be in october i was setting it up around the uh uh, when CEUs had to come in, but I guess that that program's changing. So, but still, I'm keeping probably that it'll be in October. That's just a good time of the year.
0: Right on. And if uh, someone's interested in in uh, what you've got going on with your your education, how would they get in touch with you?
1: So on Twitter, I'm at Adaptive Therapy. Facebook, I'm in tons of groups. I'm posting all around. Go on my website www.rmtedu.com. dot com.
0: Right on, brother. It's been awesome. I love what you're doing. I love it when someone is in this field and, you know, they've gone one step beyond. They're doing something a little different than everybody else, just kind of uplifting the whole profession. I love the work you do, sir. Thanks,
1: Mark. And thanks, be said, for your, everything you do and uh, especially the podcast. I think it's a great platform for uh, therapists to come on and uh, just have a chat.
0: Right on, brother. Well, it's been grand. I don't want to keep you. You're a busy, busy man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging out. Guys, you've been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. In this case, it's been Mark and Richard. Thanks for listening. Subscribe.